All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 23. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 23. To help expedite the service, I've given you a handout there because I'm going to be quoting a lot of verses we're not going to take time to turn to. And that way you'll have those to be able to, to uh, check up on me if you want to do that. Amen. Not a whole lot of space on there to, to write anything. I'm sorry for that, but that's it was one of the longer outlines. And I, believe me, I had trouble shortening it down that much and getting it there. So um, anyway, for folks that are online, they have my full notes available. They don't have to have the outline. But I give that to you for the uh, for to just be able to expedite a little bit more. Because I do use a lot of scripture. I know that. I preach the Bible, okay? I don't apologize for it, never have, never will. Uh, we, we use a lot of Scripture. I think that Scripture is its best interpreter. That's why we compare Scripture with Scripture. I love scriptural examples that come from Scripture. We'll use some other examples too, but uh, the best ones to me are the ones that you find found in God's Word. Luke 23, let's begin reading verse number 1. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him, speaking of Jesus, unto Pilate. And the multitude of them is talking about the scribes and the Pharisees. It says, And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. Then said Pilate to the chief priest and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And they were the more fierce, saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, uh, beginning from Galilee to this place. And we'll leave off reading there. Jerusalem... And all of Judea were under Roman rule during Jesus' day. We know that. Every death sentence had to be approved by a Roman official that was in charge of the administrative district in which the accused person lived. Pilate was the governor of the province of Judea. Now when the, the Jewish leaders arrested Jesus, they wanted to kill him, but they had to obtain Pilate's permission. Pilate's relationship with the Jews had been a very difficult one indeed, and on several occasions, his actions had deeply offended the religious leaders. So they weren't very happy with Jesus, and they weren't very happy with Pilate either. And so his constant political struggles made him a cynical and really an uncaring compromiser uh, who was susceptible to pressure, and the Jews didn't mind pressuring him. And his delivery of Jesus to be executed stemmed not from Jesus' guilt, but rather it stemmed from Pilate's bowing to a public demand out of political expediency. Does that not sound like our day and time of the politicians we deal with? People don't do the right thing. They do the politically expedient thing. He was beginning to feel insecure, Pilate was, in his position as governor, and he knew that if the Jews lodged a formal complaint with Rome against his administration, Rome might remove him from office. 
Rather than continue to badger the Jews and risk his political future, he gave in to their demands and condemned a man who he was quite sure was innocent. We see in what we read there, he said, I find no fault in this man. In fact, you'll find that he examined him three times and said, I find no fault in him. Find no fault in this man. Three times uh, he has recorded that Pilate said that. There were four charges on which the Jews brought Jesus to Pilate. First of all, we see there in verse number 2, they said that they found Jesus perverting the nation. Um, that would be the pot calling the kettle black. That's <laughs> what it would be. They were the ones perverting the nation. If anybody was perverting the nation, it was the scribes and Pharisees. In fact, in Romans, and excuse me, in Matthew chapter 23, eight times it's recorded that Jesus said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. And, and seven of those was followed by the word hypocrites. Uh, he, he railed on them because they had perverted the Jewish nation. Now, they said, second of all, that Jesus forbade giving tribute to Caesar. Now, that wasn't quite true. In Luke 20, verse 25, Jesus said unto them, He said, he said Render therefore unto Caesar the things that be Caesar's, and unto God the things which be God's. He didn't forbid giving tribute to Caesar. But he did say you needed to give God what was his. Now, they said that Jesus said that he was anointed a king, and we saw his answer there to, uh, to, uh, to Pilate. In John 18, verse 36, Jesus, Jesus answered, he said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Then, then in verse 5, we find that a fourth charge delivered against Jesus. And this is what we want to deal with tonight. There in verse number 5, it says, And they were the more fierce. In other words, they were already fierce. They were the more fierce when it got to this level, this, fifth, this, uh, this fourth charge here in verse 5. Saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee, to this place. Well, at least they got that right. Amen. Jesus did stir up the people. He was causing a stir. When Jesus came to this earth, there were some things about him that stirred up a lot of folks. Uh, understand that this idea of being stirred up can either have positive connotations or it can have negative connotations. And we're going to see some of both uh, in Jesus' life. Uh, these things that Jesus, caused Jesus to stir up folks. First of all, and uh, we're going to have Christmas in July. How about this? Okay, Because we're going to talk about Jesus Christ stirred up people by His appearance at His birth. Amen? If the world can do Christmas in July, why can't the preacher? Amen? Uh, but Joseph, we know, was stirred up initially in a negative way with fear. Uh, Matthew 1 verse 20 records that but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, uh, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So he was, he was fearful. Uh, he was stirred up with fear, wondering, you know, how in the world has she's, uh, been has she been unfaithful to me? So uh, Jesus' appearance in the, in the womb of Mary caused uh, the uh, stir there within Joseph. Mary was stirred up ultimately in a positive way with joy. 
Luke 1, verse 46 and 47, Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. What a blessing, amen. She was stirred up. She was willing to do what uh, the angel Gabriel had uh, told her was going to, be, to happen with her. Both the shepherds and the wise men were stirred up in a positive way with joy. Uh, Luke 2, 20, And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And in Matthew 2, verse number 10, uh, it says of the wise men that when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Jesus caused the stir at his birth. Both Herod and the people of Jerusalem were stirred up, though, in a negative way. You know, um, Matthew 2, verse 3 says, When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. I would say that would be stirred. Amen. And all Jerusalem with him. They were stirred as well. Herod was stirred up with jealousy and hatred. Some king being born in his district, trying to take over his authorities the way he looked at it. Jerusalem was stirred up with worry and fear. Anytime there was a, a uh, uh, political rumblings like this uh, of, of a leader, it caused uh, worry and fear of what was going to happen. So Jesus Christ stirred up people by his appearance at his birth. Secondly, Jesus Christ stirred up John the Baptist in a positive way by his appearance. We know that John the Baptist was the forerunner preparing the way for Christ's coming. And he was told to look for certain things. And in John chapter 1, verse 29 and 30, it says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, this is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man whom is preferred before me, for he was before me. And there in, in that context of, of John's uh, uh, ex telling who Jesus was, tell, uh, taking and, and uh, announcing that Jesus was the Lamb of God, we know that he told how that he was told when he was baptizing what to look for. And he baptized Jesus, and Jesus had the characteristics of the one who would be that, that Son of God. John chapter 1, verse 34 and 36 uh, he said again on another day, I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. And again the next day after you know, John stood and two of his disciples, he, he looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. So Jesus Christ stirred up John the Baptist because John the Baptist was looking. And John the Baptist was the one to take and uh, be the forerunner of Christ. Number three, Jesus Christ stirred up the scribes and Pharisees and other religious leaders in a negative way by His appearance. I mean, it's very obvious what we're dealing with tonight here in Luke 23. I mean, early on, we we find they they found fault with His acquaintances. You know, Jesus would uh, uh, sit down with publicans and sinners and eat. And they didn't like that. They got stirred up when Jesus and His disciples sat down with Him. Matthew 9.11 says, when, when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto His disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But Jesus heard that. He, he, he said, when Jesus heard that, He said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Uh, and uh, we, we know that the Lord Jesus Christ came to, to call sinners to repentance. And uh, what better way than to, to take and sit down with them for a, for a meal? You know, you can find a lot of things out with a meal, can't you? 
I love to have fellowship time. You, that's when you can learn a lot about folks and uh, talk, talking with them. And Jesus uh, talked with them as he would have a meal with them. That, that, the uh, Pharisees, the religious leaders got stirred up when Jesus' disciples didn't follow the tradition of the elders. In Matthew 15, verses 1 through 3, says, Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do the disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But, but he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? Now that stirred them up. <laughs> that just made them hate him more. You know, but he was right. I mean, what had happened is, this wasn't just a simple matter of washing your hands before you eat. No, they had come up with all uh, elaborate uh, hand washing ceremony and if you didn't go through the ceremony like they wanted you to go through you were eating with unwashing hands so they found fault with Christ acquaintances both the, the sinners and the disciples they found fault with Christ's actions his actions we know that after Jesus cast out a devil out of a dumb man there in Matthew 9 verse 34 it says but the, but the Pharisees said he casteth out devils through the prince of the devils. Well, they were committing the uh, sin of blasphemy of the Holy Ghost there. You know, uh, they, were, they were endangering themselves. Uh, also, in, after Jesus healed a man's withered hand on the Sabbath, it says in Matthew 12, verse 14, then the, the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. You never find out where they wanted to, to uh, cooperate with the Lord Jesus Christ. They were only interested in bringing him down. They were only interested in bringing his demise because they hated him because he was more popular than they were. He was more popular. After Jesus healed a blind and dumb man who was possessed with the devil, in Matthew 12, verse 24, it says, But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth cast out devils, uh, does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. Again, they were committing blasphemy of the Holy Ghost and in their accusations against Jesus. After Jesus' triumphal entry and his temple cleansing and healing of the people, uh, boy, they were really uh, stirred up against Jesus. In Matthew 21, verse 15, says, When the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, uh, the children cried in the temple, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were sore displeased. They were sore displeased. So they found fault in his acquaintances. They found fault in his actions. They also found fault in his admonitions. Matthew 21, verse 45 and 46 says, When the chief priests and Pharisees had heard his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. Hey, you know, they perceived right. Jesus was speaking of them. It says, But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. Matthew 22, verse 15 says, Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. They were always looking for an angle of how they could bring the Lord Jesus Christ down. And they tried to twist his words and tried to bring him down, down through the things that he said. But they were not successful in that. The fourth thing we see here is Jesus Christ stirred up the devil and his demons by his appearance. We know the devil was stirred up to try to defeat him as he began his earthly ministry. I mean, before Christ uh, began his actual ministry, he was actually out in the 
uh, the wilderness. We know he was after he was baptized by John the Baptist. He went out in the wilderness, and and Matthew four records the tempting of Jesus by Satan. And uh, Luke said in Luke four two that he being tempt, forty days tempted of the devil. You know, we had the idea that he was just tempted at the end, but he was tempted forty days of the devil. The devil and demons were stirred up as Jesus cast them out. I'm not going to take time to read the story, but in Mark chapter number five, verses one through twenty, there's a Jesus cast out a legion of demons. <laughs> that caused quite a stir, not only among the, the demons, but also among the people who who were in the hog business. Amen. Uh, Luke four, verse thirty-three, and in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, "Let us alone! What have we to do with thee?" Thou Jesus of Nazareth, art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and heard him not. Jesus caused a stir when there were demons and devils that were in his presence. We see, fifthly, Jesus Christ stirred up many people who were following him. We know that. That's what our text refers to. The chief priests charged that Christ stirred up many people by his teaching. Well, we know that Scripture says that many people followed him. Uh, wherever you saw Jesus, there were crowds pretty much. He had to kind of come apart for a little while and go up into a mountain or whatever to get away from the crowd sometime. But Scripture says that many people followed Him in Matthew 20, verse 29, and John 6, verse 2 says a great multitude followed Him in both of those places. Scripture says that many people were taught by Him. Jesus was a great teacher. And they loved to hear His teaching. And uh, it says in Matthew 13, verse 2, and great multitudes were gathered together unto Him so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore, and he spake many things unto them. Jesus must have had quite a voice to be able to, to teach and preach to multitudes without a sound system, amen? Uh, he didn't have a sound system. Uh, scripture says that many people were healed by him also. Matthew 14, verse 14 says that Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. What a, what a great Savior we have. He was stirred for the people and the people were stirred because of him. Scripture says that many people were fed by him. The Bible records Jesus feeding over 5,000 men at one time. Didn't give us a count of what the, how many ladies and children were there. But 5,000 men had to be quite a crowd. Amen. Uh, then there was 4,000 men on another occasion. Again, we're not given the, the total number of ladies, but we know in both instances that there was food left over and what a blessing that was. And there were people that tried to look him up the next morning for breakfast. <laughs> uh, uh, he he kind of dissuaded them from doing that, but we know that Jesus... Uh, fed many people. Scripture also records that many people were amazed, astonished, and awed by Jesus. Some were amazed when He cast out an unclean spirit in Mark 1 verse 27. It says, And they were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? 
for with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. Man, you that would amaze you, wouldn't it? It would amaze you. I, some were amazed when he healed one sick that was sick of the palsy in Mark 2 and verse 12. It says, And they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. I imagine there were thoughts like that in a lot of folks' hearts. We never saw it like this before. Uh, because Jesus was unlike anybody else that ever lived on the, on the face of the planet. And uh, he was more than just a prophet. Yes, he was a prophet. He was a prophet. He was a priest. He was a king. He was, he was the son, very son of God. Some were amazed. Some were astonished. Some were astonished when he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. In Mark 5, verse 42, it says, And they were astonished with great astonishment. I don't know about you, but raising the dead, that's a pretty clear indication. You've got uh, some quite uh, uh, good individual there in front of you right there uh, uh, that you need to take heed to. And some were astonished when he healed the Syrophoenician woman's daughter. Mark 7, verse 37 says, And they were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. Uh, he maketh both the deaf to speak, to hear, and the dumb to speak. The deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Christ stirred up many people who followed him. Christ stirred up his disciples, both by his life and by his resurrection. And his disciples were stirred up by his life. Can you imagine following the Lord Jesus Christ? Can you imagine just being with Him day by day as, as He would minister to others and as He would do the many great works that He did? It says in Mark 4 verse 41, says, they said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the seas obey Him? Can you imagine Him saying, Peace be still and everything just get calm out there on the sea. Luke 10 verse 17 so then the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. You know why that was so? Because Jesus sent them out. Jesus empowered them. <laughs> and when, uh, you know, he, uh, when it, they came back, they were, they were uh, amazed at what had happened. They were stirred up about it. Uh, but it was because of Jesus' name. John chapter 20. Verse 30 and 31, Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. I don't know about you, but I, I look forward to getting to heaven and, and, and finding out what those things were that weren't recorded. Aren't you? I mean, I, I, we, we got plenty of them recorded right here. But uh, I'd love to just sit down and, and hear uh, all the stories of what Jesus did while He was here and while He ministered on this earth. His disciples were stirred up by His life. His disciples were stirred even more up by His resurrection. The book of the Acts clearly shows the results of this stirring. They, they were stirred to obedience. Amen. They, they were told to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Ghost came. Well, what did they do? They did exactly what the Savior told them to do. They stayed there in that upper room. Today they're together and they were praying and they were doing some other stuff in there. But they, they, they were told uh, then to carry the gospel to all the world and they did that too. They were stirred to obedience. They were stirred to unity. Acts 2 verse number 1 says that they were all with one accord in one place. Must not have been Baptists. <laughs> Not Baptist like our day and time, anyway. I, it's hard to get folks to be unified, isn't it? 
The, uh, the, the fact is that they were all in one accord. Uh, it's found numerous times in the book of the Acts. We ought to be stirred to unity ourselves. They were stirred to witness. These went throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the known world at the time. As far as they knew, they, they had the, the known world they evangelized. They did that to such an extent that those who opposed them said of them in Acts 17, verse number 6, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. They were called them that had turned the world upside down. They were stirred, last of all, to endurance. They were willing to endure great persecution for the cause of Christ because they were stirred. We know that uh, the stories of uh, many of the persecutions that came upon uh, those that followed the Lord Jesus Christ. The point in all of this is that Jesus Christ stirs up people. While some are possibly stirred, many are negatively stirred. The same thing that stirs some to astonishment with Christ stirs others to wrath. That's right. I mean, you had Jesus doing, doing the same work sometimes, and you got a crowd over here, boy, wow, look at what he's doing. And then you had the, the, the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees and the, uh, and the scribes saying, when, when can we take him down? You know, they, they were stirred up in the wrong way. Have you been stirred by Christ? If so, has it been a positive, in a positive way? Does it stir you to know that Christ loved you while you were a sinner? And you know, that stirs me. You know, when you think about we're so unworthy of the salvation we enjoy, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 eight, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Does it stir you to know that Christ was beaten, bruised, bloodied, and then buried because of your sins? Isaiah 53 verse number 5 is always one that really gets me. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Does it stir you to know that Christ overcame death when he arose from the grave, and by faith in him we can live forever with him? 1 Corinthians 15 verse 22 says, For as in Adam all die, even at, so in Christ shall all be made alive. Praise God. Jesus lives. Amen. We don't serve a dead Savior. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. Amen. We know He's living. It doesn't matter what the world says. We know He's living. We know He's living because He lives within us. What a blessing. Does it stir you to know that Christ is coming again for those who have placed their faith and trust in Him alone for salvation? Listen. He, said, he told His disciples, He said, I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And those disciples believed him. Why do they believe? Because Jesus never lies. They realize that Jesus is the very Son of God. Jesus never lied. It ought to stir us to know that Jesus could be right at the door. 
ready to step over the, uh, in, into the clouds and uh, call us up. Amen. To meet Him in the air. Where we'll forever be with Him. What a blessing. Does it stir you to know that we're all going to stand before Christ one day to give an account of ourselves to Him? You know, I can't tell you that I'm looking forward to that. I don't know any of us are going to be looking forward to that part of it. Unbelievers are going to stand before Him at a great white throne judgment according to Revelation 20, verse 12 and 15. We, I preached on that a few weeks ago on a Sunday morning. But we as believers, we're going to stand before Him at the judgment seat of Christ. Romans 14 verse 12 says, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. We're going to give an account. Not going to give an account for you. You're not going to give an account for me. We're going to give account of ourselves. And the thing about it is, is the truth's already known. The truth's already known and Christ still loves us anyway. Isn't that a blessing? He loves us anyway. And so, have you been stirred to trust Him? like His disciples. You know, He wants us to be stirred to obedience. He's left us with a job to do. He wants us to be stirred to unity. We're to work together. We're to, we're to, we're to be uh, His people. We're to be stirred to witness. We're to be stirred to endurance, whatever it takes. Help, may the Lord help us not be like the Pharisees who were stirred to reject Him. Believers, are you stirred up right now to follow Him closely as His disciples did? Or have you left that first love that once stirred you to embrace Him for salvation? Think about the time when you got saved. Think about how your heart was stirred by Jesus. Amen? That was a special time, wasn't it? May we not leave that behind. May that be fresh. May, may the Lord keep that fresh in our mind that, that we stay, keep that stir and we keep that love that uh, was uh, first there. And uh, I tell you, the Lord wants us to be stirred in a positive way for Him. And others need for us to be stirred. People need to see Jesus through us. And Jesus in us ought to stir others to want to know Him and come to Him. So, let's get stirred. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you tonight.